is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Roar, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Oh yes, hello, good morning. It is Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710seattlesports.com and the Seattle Sports app, plus all the podcast platforms. Going to get to those here in just a moment. Just a moment. Hold on. Hold on a second. Wait, wait. Just wait a sec. What's happening? I just, no, hold on. Holding. Gilbert ready. Yeah, there it goes. It's another Yankee home run. Sorry, I just wanted to make sure I get out of the way. the corner, and this one is gone. Goodbye, baseball. It sounded like Greg Allen broke his bat on that swing. Yeah, it's a broken bat home run for the Yankees. From who? Doesn't matter. It's just, you don't have to have heard of the guy. It's just a, a home run, and you just get out of the way. You know, if the baseballs just start dropping on the street wherever you happen to be, just take cover. Everything will be fine. Everything will be fine. Some yes. guy named Greg or Allen. Not. <laughs> We're not. It's okay. Anyway, I wanted to tell you a story to start the show today uh, because, as I told you, I was going to the doctor yesterday. And uh, it led to a very interesting interaction, <laughs> one that I found myself thinking about. Hold on. Hold on one sec. Two out, second yeah, and third for the Yankees, comes. top of the third. Yeah. Threatening. The one-two. Oh, God. Swinging a high fly out to Pollock in left field. Pollock no. watching. Pollock drifting back, and this ball is gone. Yeah, that's another uh, one gone. Left the yard. Yeah, that one's gone. Sorry. I just uh, You guys got to be careful. Careful out there, people. Okay, no matter what you're doing today. Uh, so I go, I go to the uh, to the doctor yesterday, and as I was checking in, you know, it's like an endless process to go see a doctor. So I go to check in, and they call me up, and I start talking to the person behind the glass about uh, you know my medical insurance card, my medical insurance had changed, so I had to go through some of that process. Right, so it took like I don't know five minutes, and while I'm sitting there, the person says, "Oh, what do you do for a living?" I was like, oh, I, I work in radio. Like, really? Cool. I was like, oh, yeah. No, it's, it's fun. Thanks. Like, what kind of radio? What are you talking about? I was like, sports. Really? You talk about sports radio? I was like, yeah. Like, what, what kind of sports? Like, and they asked me, and I wish I knew exactly what it was that they said, because I didn't really hear them. You know, you get the glass partition between you. And I was right, like, sure. yeah, it wasn't, like, it was something offbeat, whatever it was. And I was like, yeah, no, you know, mostly, you know, football and baseball, that type of stuff, Mariners, Seahawks. Oh, okay. You guys talking a lot about the Sonics? And I was like, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, well, no. I mean, you know, not not recently. Not a lot of news I mean, on that front. They have haven't been here in 15 years, so no, like, I haven't really talked. They're not here? Oh, boy. And I was like, wow. uh, no, like, oh, I thought they were back. Oh, no. I was like, well, no. Didn't they build that whole building over there? Oh, my gosh. I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> uh, they they did. Um, right now, there's a hockey Different team play. playing there. It's the Kraken. <laughs> oh, okay. Are they going to come back? Why? I think so. Maybe at at some point there's, you know, that's a that's a possibility. That's when you realize that um, there are some people that could care less about what we do every day. I mean, that's really putting it mildly, right? I mean, like that's the nicest possible way that you could go. Hold on a second. Careful. Oh, high fly ball out to left center field. 
Julio watching Pollock leaping, and it's gone. Don't bother leaping. No, that thing's Aaron swinging. Judge hits his third home run in two games oh. against the Mariners. Yeah, that one's on Denny. Just Aaron, be careful, Denny, way out never, there. Never heard of that guy. Yeah, no, you just want to be very I was, I was hoping you were going to say that they knew who you were, and they were trying to get you, bait you into a conversation so they oh, could give God, you a hot no. take. But this was the exact opposite. No, no, there was nothing like that. No, it was... It was just complete and utter confusion. And then, and this was my favorite part, and this is why I brought up the podcast platforms. person after a few minutes, you know, still like, huh. So uh, you ever hope to, like, do a podcast? <laughs> like, yep. Uh, well, uh, you know, we we still put our show, like, on podcast form. So if, like, you wanted to, to listen to it, you, you could listen to it that way. Like, oh, wow, that's great. I'm always looking for new podcasts. I'm always looking for new information. Uh, it's nice to hear that, you know, some of the old styles of doing things are still working. Like, oh, oh man. man, this has been worse than whatever it was like that a, brought me in to go see the doctor. Like, like I'm just getting destroyed over here. Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Well. Interesting. I don't want to comment on the no, person don't, don't, themselves. Don't. I don't want to say it would be easy when you're like, well, maybe you know they don't have a radio in their car since they're only 19 years old and they've only seen Apple CarPlay or something. I don't know if the that was one. the case. Oh, he swings. It's a oh. high fly ball out to left field. Oh, Kelnick no. is on the track. Careful. He reaches and it's over oh. his glove. And Kelnick really hit his head yeah, you want to be on careful. the fence. Yeah, just be careful. These home runs are injuring people now on the streets, in left field, center field, wherever you happen to be. Yeah, it's all it's a, it's a barrage out there, and it's ha- coming from all the you know usual suspects. Here's the windup and the three-two on the way, swinging a well-hit ball deep to right field, down the line. This one is a fair ball, oh. and it is gone. Yeah, Jake Bowers. Oh yeah, Jake Bowers. Oh, that yeah. guy. Yeah, it's just a Jake Bowers home run, an Anthony Volpe home run, a uh, what was the other guy's Greg name? Allen. The center fielder, Greg Allen, home run. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, the Mariners have themselves a bit of an issue here over the course of the last week. Is it the end of the world? No. Have other teams lost a couple of blowout games in a row before? Yes. But I don't like it. And I especially don't like that. It's certainly feeding an interesting pattern of them beating some bad teams and losing to some good ones. And Brock pointed it out the other day and Mora pointed out last night in our text thread and you know it's it's certainly some pattern that is definitely emerging where they are handling the teams that are bad and really struggling against the teams that are good and we didn't see that last year they raised their game when they played the Yankees and played better right they raised yeah. their game over time the early in home. the year they had some problems right with Boston and a few other teams but over the over the over the course of that year, Toronto and Cleveland, like they played their best baseball against the good teams other than the Astros, who had their number. Right? They played Toronto when they played New York, when they played Cleveland. Uh, you could probably go through and figure out a few more. They played up to the level of competition last year whenever they played it. Atlanta was another good example. This year, they're not doing that. They're they're not doing that at all. And I think what's more concerning is that for the last couple of nights, in fact, three of the last five, pitching's been destroyed. Now, here's the good news. 
talked about baseball being nonlinear, and it really is. Like, I, let, let's declare that true. It was no more than a week ago. We were all sitting here together saying, what's wrong with Luis Castillo? Should Marco continue in this rotation, or is there a possibility of somebody else coming up to take him out? Well, well you were saying that. Well, I wasn't the only one wondering about it. I mean, so he was we all you and I got into an argument. About all right. It. Well, we were at least thinking about it because <laughs> there were potential other people out there. Right. So that was a week ago. Since then, Marco's had himself a fantastic start against a decent team in Pittsburgh. Castillo was absolutely dominant in his last outing. And the other three guys, the three kids, you were going, oh, yeah, no problem. Those guys are good as gold. Smooth sailing. All three of them have been absolutely shelled. And, you know, things change very quickly. Do I feel like they're going to all get shelled again? No, probably not. Going to the game tonight, do I have confidence that George Kirby will be better than he was on Friday? Yes, I do. Do I still believe in Logan Gilbert? Yes, I do. Even though he was not very good last night, really from like pitch one. Do I still believe in Bryce Miller? Well, I guess there's a little bit more of a question mark there because there isn't as much of a track record. But yeah. These guys had a couple of bad nights. In fact, three of them in the last five. It's not good. It doesn't help. It's not what you need. And it's no way for this team to go on a run at home against good competition. Got to win today. Got to take some momentum on the road. Is it the competition? It, It looked like it last night. Yeah. It sure looked like it. I mean, you know, when you face Anthony Volpe and Greg Allen and Jake Bowers, you know, that's rough competition that you really can't beat. (laughs) <laughs> Got to tiptoe around those guys. Sheesh. Anyway, we'll come right back. We'll give you everything you need to know. It's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Yes, it was a rough night for the Mariners last night. I don't know if you knew this, but they became the first team in Major League history to get blown out twice in a row. Never happened before. This time, Logan Gilbert simply didn't have it, and he was shelled early and often. The home run ball, once again, the problem. Yeah, Judge hit one late, but it wasn't that. It was more Greg Allen and Anthony Volpe who got to him early. Not exactly a cast of all-stars. Scott Service... Not too happy about the start, but knows it's not the norm. He was able to get through the first, obviously, but uh, wasn't easy. You know, a lot of foul balls, a lot of deep counts. They were just they they're seeing everything very well. They're on him, um, and, and very atypical. I think Logan usually when he goes out, he goes out and really establishes fastball is, is his pitch. And uh, you know, the secondary pitches tonight, he threw some good ones, he, he threw some bad ones. Uh, the split finger wasn't there with him tonight, so certainly. Um, he did not have his game, a game uh, as well, but you have to stay on the attack um, and then stay with your strengths. I think that was obviously clear. They uh, did not have their A game or anything close to it on either side because it wasn't much better offensively. Nestor Cortez, the exact type of pitcher that has just given this team fits, left-handed, tricky, crafty, variety of different pitches and motions and arm slots and all of that. So, yeah, Mariners fall again. They lose ground in the division as everybody seems to win around them. Try to salvage the last game of the series tonight. George Kirby certainly looking to rebound from his last outing. Yankees will counter with somebody named Clark Schmidt, who also has an ERA over five and a half. So you would certainly give uh, the Mariners enough shot, and you'd like to see them take advantage of it tonight against New York. Here's the second thing 
you need to know. All right, in a search for some positive news, there was some recognition for Julio Rodriguez yesterday named AL Player of the Week after just destroying the baseball. Went through the numbers quite a bit yesterday. Still has time to make the All-Star team as well, play in front of the home squad. Jeff Passan thinks it's a good possibility. I hold out the the possibility that there's going to be some sort of candidate. I just don't see coming who's going to come in and take that third spot, but... If you're asking me who the fans should vote for, I think it should be Julio Rodriguez, Mike Trapp, and Aaron Judge because this is an all-star game. And those are the biggest stars, not necessarily the guys who are playing best in 2023. Well, as of you know, the last week, if Julio can keep that up, he will be one of the players who should be voted in and likely will be voted in. So that would be uh, pretty cool. In front of the home fans here in Seattle, you'll likely get at least one pitcher onto that team, and maybe that's it, as well as Kelnick's played. Hard to see him uh, being added to the All-Star team, but I guess not impossible. A couple of roster moves yesterday. Mariner signed veteran outfielder Adam Engel. He goes to AAA. They also called up Darren McCacken, who did pitch last night. He takes the place of 110 in the bullpen. And uh, maybe the best news on here, Andres Munoz finally getting back into a game in Tacoma yesterday. Worked a 1-2-3 inning. Struck out two. His fastball was good. Sort of more in that 97-98 range. Less so in the 100-103 to range. So for a first time back probably exactly what you're looking for out of Andres Munoz and hopefully he's able to ramp it back up over the course of the next week. Here's the third thing you need to know. All right, how good are the Seahawks going to be? It's list season, of course, in the NFL. Eric Edholm of NFL.com ranked the Seahawks as the ninth most complete team in the NFL. Here was his reasoning yesterday with Wyman and Bob. I tried to find teams that had as few questions as possible, as much depth as possible, realistically, right? You're not going to have choice backups at every single position. So, you know, you kind of look around the league and... I was surprised when I went around, and even though it was a lot of playoff teams from last year, there were some teams like Cleveland who almost made the cut that when I looked at a big picture, you said, boy, they have more talent than you think. And I think that applies to Seattle, too, even coming off a playoff team where, you know, I think heading into last year, there was some some real question about, hey, how much are they going to, you know, be in the hunt right away and all this and that. So a lot can change in a year's time. Obviously, it can swing back the other way, but... The Seahawks are right there in the mix just because of the fact that they've plugged a lot of holes and done a good job of replacing some outgoing vets. Yeah, I tend to agree with him, especially on the depth that this team has. I think there's a lot of it. I think there's good depth on the offensive line. I think there's good depth at cornerback, running back, wide receiver maybe. We'll see. Tight end certainly. Outside linebacker, they have really good depth. The question is, do they have enough in some of those key spots to truly be complete. And unless this defensive line is better than people think, I think being complete is going to be a difficult to order for them. Uh, a couple other pieces of news yesterday. Brianna Stewart returning to town for the first time since she left Seattle. She did help uh, lead the New York Liberty to an eight-point win over the storm. She did speak as well. Did I make the right decision? Because now I'm seeing, you know, all my friends and all the, the spots where we used to go and stuff like that. But happy with, with kind of starting a new chapter and, and realizing that change change isn't always a bad thing. And it can be a good thing. And I can still have a, a lot of amazing memories in Seattle because, like you said, I, I grew up here. I got married here. I started a family here. Um, and I really came into my own here. And that's something that I'll never forget. 
Well, she certainly uh, was a very effective player while she was here, and uh, nice to see the return go well last night. All right, that's everything you need to know. We do that quarter past every hour. I also I heard there was some sort of a Kraken announcement today. I'm not sure what's going on with that. Ron Francis is going to be there, so it could be personnel related. On the other hand, Dave Haxtall was not on the uh, invite list. No, it's and Todd Lywicki is Todd Lywicki and an owner, one of the owners. So At 1 p.m. today. So yeah. Interesting. I don't know what that is. What do you what, what do you make of that? I was hearing speculation that they might be announcing they're hosting a draft. Yeah, it seemed like it would be something like that, yeah, right? If, that if it would the be something going to be present. Yeah, that it's not a personnel exactly decision or anything like that, which is cool. I mean, certainly that would be fun and exciting and all that, but uh, you know, it's not like, you know, they're they're changing or making a trade or, or doing yeah. something that's going to affect the team probably into next year. So uh, we'll wait and see what that is a little bit later today. But I, my gut sort of went somewhere like that. I was looking at some of the replies that I saw to uh, I think maybe Sound of Hockey or something like that. And the replies are like, oh, this is going to be a captaincy for Yanni Gore. Like, I think the coach would probably coach be there be involved. Yeah, yeah, I feel like he would probably be around for <laughs> something like that. And oh, this means that uh, that that uh, Ron Frank Francis is leaving. I was like, well, I don't know. I feel like the new team is the one that would announce that, <laughs> not the not the Kraken or the Sonics, whichever. I mean, whichever team True, happens to, to play, plays in to, yeah, play over a climate. Play what did you make there. of the umpire fiasco last night? Stupid. I wasn't even sure if you were watching that late. I figured you bailed it for the fourth No, minute. I was watching. That's just stupid. That's, you know, it's so funny. Even when CB Buckner's not the person who's the problem, he's the person who's the problem. Right? Weird how he's always there. It's just unbelievable yeah. how he is always part of the problem. Yeah. And there's like two or three umpires in this game that are awful, and he is one of them. And he made a terrible call on Tom Murphy, who barked at him. And to CB's credit, he didn't get in his face. He didn't fight with him afterwards because oftentimes he's accused of that as well. He just didn't say anything. And some, you know, rookie umpire throws Murphy out of the game, which is just dumb. It didn't affect the outcome or anything like that. And it gave Scott a chance to get his back. And who knows? Maybe it'll help them today. But uh, it was just stupid. Yeah. Did you see that Angel Hernandez has basically like disappeared? Yeah, he has not been in. That's kind of weird. And like no one has said why or where he is or anything like that. Anybody like to know what's going on? You know, it sounds like he's going to end up on Dateline or something. I mean, he could. Nobody (laughs) knows where he is. Will you do me a favor? Remind me next week to ask Passon about that. Because that is a. No, about Angel Hernandez. That is a weird story. Like all of a sudden he's just like not working games. Nobody has said why or anything like that, whether it's health or if he's been kidnapped or if they finally fired the guy or if he retired in the middle of the season like kind of a kind of a weird story all right jeff passon did join us yesterday and there's a lot of good stuff in here including some future trade opportunities how difficult it may be and where the mariners may look stick around you'll hear it next it's brock and salk seattle sports on 710 seattlesports.com you're listening to brock and salk powered through the alaska airline studio on seattle sports and the seattle sports app how good has Julio been over the course of the last 10 games? Well, this from stat wizard Alex Mayer. Julio leads baseball in F4, that's Fangraph's war, over his last 10 games at 1.0. He's gained a full win share in 10 games. During that time, he's hitting 400 with an 1180 OPS. 
and a 231 WRC plus. Remember, 100 would be league average in WRC plus. So he is creating runs in a big, big way and turning back into Julio Rodriguez. So three of the four RBIs last night. All right. Yeah, there's just nothing more important to this team than Julio being Julio. I mean, everything else has to sort of equal out, right? You still need your pitching to be your pitching, and you know, other other guys are going to have to continue to just be fine. But you see what a difference it makes. And you do go from being bottom third in the league to being 15th and run scored basically just because Julio rediscovers himself and turns back into the kind of player that you expected him to be when the season began. Yeah, when so stars to be stars. You, you see the difference when he is who he is. Let's bring Jeff Passan into the conversation from ESPN. Jeffrey, good morning. How are you? Are we talking about Julio being back? Yeah, we sure are. Yeah. He's pretty yep. good. It's been fun to watch, and I, you know, I, 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 you know, I'm not an "I told you so" person. I don't want to be that. Um, it, it's just you have to understand. 162 games is a long time, and guys are going to look really bad sometimes, and and maybe it's really bad for a month. But the superstar in Julio Rodriguez never went away. Sometimes it's just a little bit of a struggle to find it, and he's found it, and his OPS is creeping back toward 800, and I imagine by the end of the season, probably going to be closer to 900, and uh, it's nice to see, but man, when you know when you run into a lineup that has Aaron Judge, <laughs> uh, who is playing like peak of his powers Aaron Judge right now, uh, it's it's a tough thing, even when Bryce Miller's on the mound. Yeah, we'll get, we'll go back to them in a minute. Let me stick with Julio for a sec. Is it too late for him to be an All Star? No, I I think he could get voted as a starter. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he got voted. That's as kind of starter, what I was saying right? earlier, just based on the name recognition and 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 the way he was touted after the all, home run derby in the All Star game last year. Like, I wouldn't yeah. be that surprised at all, right? I mean, who who are you voting for if you're voting for American League outfielders? Like, Judge is probably going to win the vote, mm-hmm. right? Um, Trout will probably be voted in. And third, I think it's probably Julio. Does Shohei count I mean, there? No, Shohei's a DH. Okay. Um, Jordan Alvarez will be interesting, but I still think Julio in terms of name recognition and in terms of popularity beat Jordan Alvarez. A Rosa Reina, maybe. Um, I I would look, I never know what large markets are going to do. Right. And, and the way that votes will mobilize behind particular people. Uh, So, I hold out the the possibility that there's going to be some sort of candidate. I just don't see coming who's going to come in and take that third spot. But if you're asking me who the fans should vote for, I think it should be Julio Rodriguez, Mike Trout, and Aaron Judge because this is an all-star game. And those are the biggest stars, not necessarily the guys who are – playing best in 2023 and if it is and i tend to agree with that take and i tend to think what you did at the last half of last year should matter a little bit also it's one it's a dumb it's a dumb take but you know we we say that what you do in september matters a little bit more right and then we totally devalue that when it comes to the all-star game so i've always (laughs) sort of like taken that into account and and you're doing that by saying star power how about a guy an outfielder 
with an 864 OPS, slugging 524, 10 home runs, 340 on base yeah. percentage. Would that yeah, guy have I mean, a chance of being an all-star? Because those are Kelnick's numbers. Yeah, they are. I, if if So once we get past the fan vote, it tends to be about production in the first half. Uh, Rosarena has been better than Kelnick. Um, Brent Rooker is going to make the all-star team mm. because there are no other Oakland A's who really are worthy of it. So you got to factor him in there too. Um, you know, uh, Cedric Mullins has a really good case. Uh, Masaka Yoshida with Boston offensive numbers are better. Detroit's going to need someone. Riley Green's going to be in there. Uh, White Sox are going to need someone. Luis Robert may be the guy. Uh, I mean, look, if Julio doesn't get voted in, he's not going. Kelnick has a chance to go just based on his numbers. And if he gets chosen, I think it's a perfectly understandable choice and a perfectly good one. But if he doesn't, at least based on the way the numbers are falling right now, I I wouldn't sit here and say, oh, he got snubbed. He got screwed. People hate the Mariners. And that's that's not one of those situations. He, you know, Jared Kelnick of a month ago, those numbers, yeah, it would be a snub if he didn't go. But he's come back to earth and is still having a really, really good first half. Uh, It's just right in line Mm -hmm. with some of the other all-star candidates and behind a few. How many Mariners pitchers could be all-stars? You know, all-star pitching selections always confuse me. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what they're looking for necessarily. Is it ERA? Is it strikeouts? Is it dominance? I mean, uh, I think Luis Castillo probably is pretty set to go. Um, uh, you can make an argument for for Kirby. You can make an argument for Gilbert Miller. Probably not. Not enough body of work there um so i would say the over under is one and a half and i'm taking the under Hmm. not because nobody is worthy but because i think pitchers are where the dregs of the the league (laughs) that tends to be like their sole all-star selection right that tends to be where they go uh, good stuff, and and kind of thinking through this, and and maybe the fact that the All Star Game is going to be here, does that factor in? Last thing on the All Star Game, I guess, does that factor in at all with how they make some of those choices? It shouldn't, but yeah, it might. I mean, once you know, it, the the way All Star voting breaks is it all just comes down to who the fans select and how to ensure that there's at least one person on every team, and then. You know, if those things break the right way, then you can backfill with some local guys. Mm -hmm. But there's, you know, there's going to be enough Seattle baseball um, nostalgia, I think, to whet the appetites of fans that are there. I mean, how much Junior and Edgar are we going to get? During that entire week, like well, it's you going know, it's to be, and 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 each and each row too, like it's going to be overwhelming. 
and it's going to be awesome, but there's going to be a lot of Seattle baseball love, Mike, going on beyond what the I know, but I, as, as somebody who who you know watches the team on a daily basis and and dealt yep. with a decade of them talking too much about the past and not enough yeah. about the future and the present. I, 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 of course, there's going to be some Junior and some Edgar and some Felix. Like there should be; those guys should be honored, and they should have an opportunity yeah. to to get a little national curtain call because they're some of the greats of the game, and for the most part, great guys. But I, yeah. I do hope that there is also an emphasis on the fact that this is a good young baseball team, and I don't know if they're going to win a World Series this year or ever. But I do like that Jerry has tried to build something sustainable to the point where this might not be the best Mariner team we see in the next five years. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. I also think that the All-Star game is is baseball, not the city in which it's taking place. Mm-hmm. Like, you can, you can have a little tilt toward that. You can have a little nod, a little homage. But I, I don't think that because the All-Star game is taking place in Seattle, that that makes it a Seattle-centric game. It would be nice. Uh, I mean, the reality is, Mike, if the Mariners weren't hovering around 500 all year, if they were actually 10 games over like they were supposed to be and probably uh, by all accounts should be, then it would be a different story. But uh, they need. I, I think they need to make a run if if your dream of a Seattle weekend is going to happen. Yeah, I think that's very true. So in order to do that, obviously you need Julio to keep doing what he's done over the last 10 days. That's been a huge yep. help. And we keep quoting you, the Mariners go as Julio goes, agreed. Uh, you're going to need a couple other guys to start hitting. And at some point, now that you're into the second third of the season, they're probably going to need some reinforcements. So let's kind of run through it. We've talked through some names. Uh, a few. Are there any new potential sellers in terms of teams that are not living up to their billing? I don't think there's a scenario in which the San Diego Padres sell. And I, I and I say this with the Padres, um, a game out of last place in the National League West, uh, a Padres team that if. If it were anyone else, it would be like, yeah, they're off to you know they're off to a rough start. But because the Padres have done so much with an emphasis on winning now this year, um, it's it's a bad bad start. Mm-hmm. And they have a ton of guys who would be very valuable elsewhere. But I don't think the Padres are are going to be moving anytime soon. I you know, I look at the national like I look at the National League Central. It's not a good division. It's almost upside down. Like the two teams with positive run differentials are the last place and second last place teams in the Cubs and the Cardinals. Um, and, and you've got the Reds sort of lingering around there and the Pirates uh, still right around 500 and the Brewers a little bit over. I, I want to say all five of those teams should sell. It's not going to be the case. But even, even in the East, a team like Miami that has some guys, Jorge Soler is uh, off to a great start this year hitting for a ton of power and would be a guy i think a lot of teams would would love to acquire and would fit right in the middle of the uh mariners lineup but the the marlins despite having like the second worst run differential in the national league are in second place in the national league east so the the whole thing confuses me right now and uh before i go on vacation here i am writing up a sort of trade deadline preview and uh 
it's it's early, but there there are a lot of different scenarios depending on how the next month plays out uh, that I think really will inform what this deadline is going to look like. When's Texas going to come back to Earth? They're not. They're really good, man. You keep saying that, and I don't know. I mean, you're not the only one. Everyone Mike, keeps telling Mike, are me that. You, are you like we're we're a third of the way through the season? I know. I've been saying that since the first week. They have the best run differential in baseball. Like, when are you going to start looking at them as being legitimate rather than being flukes? They're not. They're not flukes. Everything backs up them being good. And they're doing it without their $185 million pitcher, too. I guess I just keep assuming their pitching is going to come back to earth because I don't think it's as good as it's been so far. I know that that that's a different ballpark, right? So it's not like in the Texas heat, all of a sudden it gets harder because right. Right? they've got a dome on that thing now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Nathan Evaldi has arguably been the best pitcher in baseball this year. Like the, the innings he puts up uh, every time out are incredible. Like the guys had a couple of complete games and other, they were, he went eight and two thirds and other where he went eight. Like he's going deep into games. Uh, John Gray has been really good. Martin Perez has been solid. Andrew Heaney has been solid. Dane Dunning has been like unhittable. Um, they, they've got the guys, man. And they've got a lot of them too. And they're going to go out. Here's the thing. They've got a farm system where they can go out and and get guys too. So I think the Rangers are going to be aggressive, and it's a seller's market, Mike. And if you want a guy, you're going to have to do what the Mariners did last year, going out and getting Luis Castillo. You're going to have to overpay for it. And I think the Rangers, the position they're in right now, are going to be willing to overpay for it. It's a seller's market. Why? Because there just aren't that many sellers? Correct. Yeah. It just seems like there are so many teams as you look at it. And maybe that will change. I mean, we still have another two months before you really have to make decisions like this. But it just mm-hmm. seems like there's so many teams that are still in it. Yeah. I mean, the the American League right now, I think last I checked, I think there were 10 teams with 500 or better records. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, it, and it helps when you have an all-time historically horrendous team involved in the proceedings with the Oakland A's. <laughs> They're really bad. But yeah, I mean every every non-A's uh AL West team is over 500. Every AL East team is over 500 and the Twins in the Central are. So that's 10 of the 15 teams in the American wow. League are over 500. Hey, how does and this... also it yeah, go ahead. It, it 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 doesn't it doesn't hurt that the National League is a tire fire. Like, is there is there anyone in the National League who you look at who you say, I'm scared for the Mariners to face them? Mm, the Braves a little bit, but, I mean, we just yep. saw them, and they only took two out of three, and it easily could have gone either way. So, yeah, no, not yep. really. Braves and Dodgers. Yeah. That's about that's about it. Yeah, no, it is like, interesting how that how that shifts from year to year. How, how does it? I mean, you talk, you brought up the A's. We just watched them for four games, and and I, I I've never seen anything like it, Jeff. I mean, I, I remember uh, the that awful Detroit team what was that 03, the Detroit team that was so bad with yeah, Bonderman and Roth, and I mean they were awful, and yeah. I and and that was bad. I'm watching this A's team. I, I don't even know whether they have five major leaguers on that team. I mean, like. 
How how has this even happened? The A's have always had these years where they bring up young guys, and you're like, oh, I don't really know who they are. And the next year, they turn out to be Miguel Tejada. Like, who are <laughs> they? Don't even look like they've got guys that are going to eventually be good. They look like they just have bad players. Uh, there, I think there are a few guys who who will be okay when it's all said. And I think Mason Miller is going to be a couple good. of the He's pitchers right now. Yes, um, you know, Paul Blackburn's a big league pitcher. Uh, I, uh, Kyle Muller has not been great, but I think he's probably, uh, at least eventually going to be a big league pitcher that uh, I know I'm focusing on pitching. Have you seen the A's starting pitchers record so far? <laughs> no. So if you look at starting pitching records, um, and, and I know one loss records are, they they do not mean what they once did. But you look at the good teams. The Rangers starting pitchers are twenty six and eight this year. Um, the the, Mar- the Mariners starting pitchers are nineteen and sixteen this year. The Rays are twenty four and seven. The Oakland A's starting pitchers this year are two and twenty nine with a seven twelve ERA. How's that even possible? I, it's it's inconceivable, isn't it? Like, well, it, it is until you bundled. watch them play, and you're like, God, I, I totally believe it. They're awful. Yeah. So how does this end? I, how does it end for the A's? And I guess at the same time, how does it end in Tampa, where you know they're having conversations, et cetera? But obviously, the team is good. How do these stories end for these two franchises? The the A's are are so fascinating to me because you've got the the legislature in. Nevada pledging to spend, you know, $380 million and contribute that to a stadium for a team that's, you know, in all likelihood going to be the worst team in baseball history. Like we're, I'm not exaggerating when I say that if, if the gold standard for bad baseball teams, the 1962 Mets at 40 and 120, um, the, the A's right now are on pace to absolutely shatter that. Right. And, and maybe they, you know, maybe they go on a run here where uh, they, they get to Detroit 2003 level or something like that. But uh, all of a sudden, if, if you're Nevada, if you're Las Vegas, and you've got this pathetic, awful team coming in, how are you going to sell tickets? Like, why would you want to go and watch a team that's owned by someone who's willing to so blow it up that that's what you have coming to town. And there's no way he sells the team or starts to spend once they find themselves in another spot. I mean, theoretically he could start to spend. I I think if he was going to sell, if John Fisher was going to sell the team, he'd have sold it already. Mm. Um, Theoretically he could start to spend, but um, why do I believe that he's going to spend when he's never spent before? Right. Because suddenly you have a stadium that you actually have to lay out $1.1 billion for like, and, and so you're going to start spending more after you have a billion dollars coming out of your pocket. It, it, the, the whole thing doesn't make sense. Yeah. And major league baseball has so deeply bungled this from the beginning. And when I say the beginning, I mean, going back to Bud Selig 20-plus years ago. Like, this is a two-decade-long stepping on your you-know-what. It's it's Sideshow Bob mm. stepping on rake after rake after rake, and it just comes up and hits you in the face. 
And that is what baseball has done with the Oakland A's, and it's sad. So what happens with the Rays? Um, I think the Rays stay. I, I'm not... I'm more confident about that than I was a year ago, but I'm not confident about that really at all. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if Stu Sternberg, who has come out publicly and said he has no intention of selling, if he does sell, um, is it going to be some to to somebody who wants to keep the team in town or could it be to someone in Nashville or could it be to someone in Montreal or, you know, it opens up a, a world of possibilities at that point. And, uh, if if somebody, you know, if Stu Sternberg, if his priority is keeping the Rays in the Tampa-St. Pete area, um, there's there's pathways to that. Like, it's easier to get a stadium done there than it was in Oakland. But uh, the why somebody who wants an expansion franchise wouldn't just put up the money for the Rays, who are like the best organization in baseball, right. and and forego the $2 billion expansion fee, like that to me seems like an awfully good business proposition. Yeah, I mean, overpay for them, and essentially you're, you're getting their organization. That's the value, <laughs> yes. right? Yes. And they say, okay, Absolutely. well, if I buy them and then kick a little money into it, my gosh, what could the A's be possible, you know, or what could the Rays do right off the bat in Nashville or Montreal or wherever that have an instant winner? Yeah, they, they'd be the Dodgers if they had a payroll. They sure could be. And, and oh, by the way, you might end up with a Vegas Golden Knights scenario where you have success right off the bat and it convinces, you know, it, it, it pays long-term dividends for the franchise in a new city. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not even – here's the thing. The, the Knights are uh, – like a marvel because they were an expansion team and because they had to get guys from an expansion draft and because they weren't, you know, getting the tippy top draft pick. Mm-hmm. The the Rays are just like you're buying the best team in baseball and you're just giving it a, a shiny fancy uh new place to play. Like you're giving it the the infrastructure and the support mm-hmm. that uh, you know that it should have had from the beginning. You're you're giving it everything that it wants to optimize and supercharge. Are you enjoying this baseball season? I enjoy every baseball. I season. know, but are you enjoying this? Like what, 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 what is, what are you enjoying about this one? I, I like the fact that I have absolutely no idea who is going to be in the world series this year. As good as the rays have been, I, I still think they're vulnerable. I still, you know, I still wonder about their starting pitching because they lost Rasmussen, because they lost Jeffrey Springs, uh, because they've been banged up. Uh, the NL is just a mystery to me, and I'm I'm excited to see how that thing plays out. Um, the the AL West and the AL East being as good as they are, um, both of those things fascinate me. And then, of course, there's just the the individual seasons. What is Shohei Otani going to do to uh, to to make us to, to make us wonder just how great he can be. Mm-hmm. Like we we've seen the excellence from him. What more can he do? And what are guys like Julio going to do to come back from uh, a bad month? Uh, you know, how is he going to continue showing out and reminding us that he's still so early in his career? and still has such immense ceiling and 
when you're watching the beginning of someone's career like that, who you think is going to go to the hall of fame, it's, it's fun the day after day, knowing you're seeing him build, uh, build upon something that's going to be great. Well, that's my reminder. Anytime I talk about the Mariners today, I want to remind myself to just talk about Julio because it's easy to get caught up in some of the other things. But when Julio yeah. goes on a run like this, it's really remarkable what, what he's capable of and what it makes the team capable of. So good stuff, as always, Jeff. I did get this text, though, asking why does Passan always sound like he's getting a foot rub while doing this interview? Is that true? Are you getting a foot rub while we're doing this? No. What what makes me sound like I'm getting a foot rub? I don't know. That's what the text message says here. I don't. I don't. Well, right. What does it What does it sound like when one? I, I mean, a level I, of I'm relaxation. Not a, like, I'm not a, yeah, I'm not a foot guy, so that's like. But I, what is like? What is the? Wouldn't I just be going? Ah, like, <laughs> I guess. I mean, wouldn't it just be like? Hmm. <laughs> like that? No, I. I I don't I'm know. Not a, I'm, Please don't I'm make not those like sounds a, again. Yeah, I'm not a moaner. Okay, good. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I put <them> on with- <laughs> well, see, we did get a little personal yeah, with passing today in a way that I wasn't sure we were going to. But now, uh, now we know. <laughs> Jeff's not a moaner, but we will talk to him next week. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Talk to you then. Uh, <laughs> there goes Jeff passing. Goodbye. Yes, uh, not a moaner, <laughs> apparently. We uh, we learn something every day here on this show. You never know what you might come away with. Justin, remember when we were having that meeting? We were talking about how you had to learn something from the show every day. That yeah. was one of the things we've learned today, right? That uh, oh Jeff, Jeff Pass is not a moaner. I won't forget it. <laughs> something we'll remember forever. Uh, well, we'll try to create more great memories for you coming up next. Shannon will join us at 7.30, talk through what the heck is going wrong with these Mariners. Now they're pitching. Uh, Greg Bishop's going to be in the building at 8 o'clock to hang out for an hour, tell some fun stories. He's been working on some cool stuff. Uh, yeah, it's a busy day. It's Brock and Salk, Sales Sports on 710, salesports.com.